So tonight we have kind of wrapped up our first section there where we were looking at God's word and we're moving into our second um, chunk where we're going to be looking at prayer and kind of starting things off with that. I wanted to just post this initial question and let me switch over to my slides here of what does it mean to pray and I'm kind of bummed that we weren't able to do this face-to-face -face just because with the face-to-face -face part, we have the um, skit guys intro and they go through this like hilarious, you know, like uh, over-exaggerated kind of like look at different ways of praying and what it is and what it isn't. Um, but I wanted to open up just with that question. So what comes to mind? What does it mean when we say like prayer? What is prayer? What is it for? Why do we pray? So to frame that though, I just wanna think of it through this lens. God's omniscient, we know that. He says that in his word. I mean, we're looking at Matthew 6, 8, where they're saying, do not be like them, referring to the hypocrites, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So he already knows. And to go on, he even intercedes and helps us pray. Romans eight twenty six says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So my question has started off with is, what's the point? Like if he already knows what we're gonna pray before we pray it, if he intercedes to help us actually pray in the first place, what is the goal or what is the point of prayer? I think, acknowledging my dependence on God is significant, at least for me. Like I know that I'm one who I like to try to figure things out and like, you know, figure out how am I going to get from A to B and like, what's the quickest way? What's the, you know, what's, how do I fix this problem? Um, but I think prayer, at least for me, a lot of times is acknowledging that this is out of my control and uh, God, I need you to intervene in this situation. And yeah, he may know what I was going to pray and he knows how he's going to answer that. But even just the act of me acknowledging my need, um, I think is significant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, there's the, the, when I sat down and thought through this question, I saw it a lot as like the other side of the relationship piece. Like God is infinite in his wisdom and his knowledge, but he still desires that relationship. And the flip side is, even though he already knows what I need and already, already come to, my take on it was, um, it's sort of the other side of the relational piece of it, where he wants me to come to him and wants me to interact with him, wants me to seek him out and wants me to spend time looking for him. Um, awesome. So thanks for sharing those thoughts there. Uh, in the Habits of Grace book, I'm going to switch over and share my screen here. One of the quotes that stuck out when we were talking about this idea of what is the point of prayer is this, that the heart of prayer, or this is the heart of prayer, not getting things from God, but actually getting God. So that idea of whether it's time or relational or emotional or whatever that might be, not just getting things, but actually getting God as a result of spending time in prayer with him. So I feel like that type of answer is kind of like a more generic Christian answer of like, oh, well, it's getting God or getting more of God or getting things, you know, the, the question that I want to flesh out then is, I'm sure we'd agree with that, but what does that actually mean? So like if we say, and I think it touches on some of the things that are already shared, but what does it look like to get more of God? 
Like if we're talking about getting more of God, what part of him is this that we're actually getting? Well, awesome. I feel like this is a pretty powerful list we put together here. Um, when Ryan and I sat down and thought through this for the first time, here, here are some of our thoughts and my thoughts as we put it together. Um, and this is by no means an exhaustive list or anything, but just sort of some of the things that we thought of and, and kind of use this list a bit. Um, but one of the thoughts that I had was we get his heart. Like the idea of, and I think Morgan mentioned this, where your desires are more aligned with his desires. It's not necessarily you're getting all the things you ever wanted, but the things you always ever wanted are becoming more of what he wants for you in the first place. Um, that sort of is fleshed out in Psalm 37, verse 4. It talks about delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But again, you're not just getting the stuff you wanted, but actually getting your desires are more in line with what he wants for you and has for you. A uh, second thing we thought of was just even the idea of like, you're getting that excitement, you're getting that passion about what he's excited about and what he's passionate about, so that it's not just, you know, the stuff of this world that you're getting excited and pumped about, but it's actually, you know, what he has for you. Um, one thing that, a third thing that we thought was just this idea of like selfless relational interactions towards others. And we see it with our kids, we see it when we actually sit down and think about our own lives. I saw it earlier today with how I reacted to Elizabeth when she was like fighting heat stroke. And it's just, we're selfish creatures, you know? Like, and I think through prayer and through just bathing that time of, of being with God and speaking with God, he helps to change our attitudes and the way we interact with people so that we approach it with more of a selflessness. Um, another one that we thought up was the fruits of the spirit this is something that we would get from God as a result of, you know, seeking him and praying with him. Um, and even just this ongoing idea of joy, like, getting joy from him, the fact that he is our joy uh, is kind of one of those themes that we keep coming back to, back to. So the next thing that I want to jump over to with that in mind is this right here is a John Piper quote that we pulled that we thought kind of fit this section. And it goes like this: says, it is not wrong to want God's gifts and ask for them. In fact, most prayers in the Bible are for those gifts of God. But ultimately, every gift should be desired because it shows us and brings us more of him. So the focus, again, on him, not on what we're getting from him. When this world totally fails, the ground for joy remains God. Therefore, surely every prayer for life and health and home and family and job and ministry in this world is secondary. And the great purpose of prayer is to ask that in all through, or sorry, in and through all his gifts, God would be our joy. So again, coming back to passionately pursuing Christ, the point of this Habits of Grace thing is to see joy in the habits. I want to focus on that last part of it. So this part right here, it says, surely every prayer for life and health and home and family and job and ministry in this world is secondary. And I want to frame that with two questions. Where is that easy for you to believe in your life? And where is that hard to believe? Like this idea that all of these prayers that are for good things in this time with God is secondary to what the actual purpose of prayer is. And just to, to frame an example for that, as I was thinking through this this past week, preparing for this, um, one thing in my life that I found was easy to believe is secondary is actually finances, which might sound kind of weird, but I have a lot of moments where we look back and we see how God like very intentionally and specifically like prepared exactly the amount that we didn't know we were going to need. Like when we first bought our house, 
within that first year of home ownership, like the water heater went. And then a little bit later on, the furnace went. And then a little bit later on, but none of it went at the same time. Like he had it very specifically staggered out. And there's a lot of, a ton of other moments throughout my life that I've seen him do that very intentionally and specifically. So the idea of like, I have to provide for my family financially, I find very easy to view as secondary. Like I can just give that up to him because I know he's already taken care of it. And I've seen him do that. Not always necessarily like the way I would expect or want it to be, but I've seen him provide him. So that was something that I found easy in my own life to believe like, yeah, I can, I can step away from that. I see that as secondary and I'm able to, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a stressful thing for me, but where I kind of see that as hard to believe for me personally is when it comes to like the safety of my family. I feel like I have to be the one that is, you know, like, especially with our realities that we're living in right now, like figure out where is okay that we go or where can't we go or what do we have to have or which masks and hand sanitizer and you know which pocket is for what and like I, I don't know it's just I find that is something that is harder for me to see past um yeah so I want to open it up to just kind of discuss that this idea that all of these prayers are good but they're secondary to the purpose of why we're praying where do you see that easy to believe and where do you see that as hard to believe in your life I feel like for me, it's, I feel like you could pick any one of those categories and they would all be really, really hard. Uh, but it's something where when you're on the other side of it, you'd look back and say, yep, I'm glad it happened that the way that it did. And not that you'd wish to ever go back and experience that time again. But I think, I don't know, I can, and I feel like from, as I'm, as I've had more of these experiences, you I'm hoping that it's starting to sink in a little bit that maybe I don't need to stress out about some of these things, some of the things, but, um, but just when you see the way that God has taken care of different things in the past, I think it does in some ways make it easier to trust in what's coming. Um, I know for me, uh, an easy example of where it was really, really hard is I was on the elder board for a number of years at our church and it was a challenging couple years and I remember praying many many times like God what is going on and it was just stressful and um and in the back of my mind I knew that like God has us it's okay like we'll get through it we're going to get to the right place and the right people and all like but it was really hard in the moment and now on the other side it's easy to look back and be like okay God certainly had us right where he wants us and he has us today right where he wants us um so I think for me most of the things are hard to believe in the moment and, but it's easy to look back and see how God's taken care of. And so I'd like to believe that over the course of my life and over time, because I've more experience in seeing God work, that more of those things will move up to the easy category uh, quicker than maybe they have in the past. But um, yeah. No, yeah, great point, especially as God builds in those experiential, like, you, you've seen how he's been faithful through things in the past, it makes it a lot easier to fall mm -hmm. back on that. But I don't know, my, my gut reaction to first instinct is to always go straight to stress mode on it, you know, and yeah. I'd also say it's easier, it's easier to pray for the specific things that I feel like I want to happen, rather than for me to say, God, I want 
I want to find joy and I want you to work. And I want you like, it's easier for me to say, God, I want you to take care of this situation the way I think it should be taken care of rather than say, God, I want you to be my joy and whatever that looks like, go for it. Because that's just feels a lot scarier that who knows what that, what that could look like. Well, that's usually the harder route too, right? right? Because it means it's growing and there's a lot of, it can be a lot of pain in this growing process. Yep. So to follow up with that, um, I wanted to look a little bit about, you know, where, where does that, what does that look like fleshed out in your prayer lives? So I wanted to touch on a couple things from a sermon from, I think, two years ago at this point, um, just about, you know, where that might, where that might come from. Um, but just this idea of what does meaningful time in prayer look like? You know, because we see where it's easy in our lives to kind of surrender things to God. We see where it's hard in our lives to surrender to God. Um, but the, the question to kind of bring out of that then is where do we struggle in our prayer lives and what's causing some of that struggle? Where, where, what are some practical things we can do and try and improve with that? Um, but just the initial part here, I want to look at from Pastor Matt's sermon a couple of years ago, I think it was in, uh, last year. Um, he talked about a little bit of, you know, what are these lies that we believe when we don't pray? And he went in and touched on like three major things, but I don't think that's an exhaustive list. Um, but the first idea is like this idea of maybe God's disappointed in me. Like I'm not praying because I think that I've, what I've done influences how he sees me or influences how I can approach him or talk to him. You know, we fall into that trap of, I can't approach him because of what I've done in the past or because of who, of who I am. Um, and that, that lie is, is something that prevents us from viewing God as what he is. Like he, he wants us to come to him despite whatever we might have done and is not, he's not going to change his view of us based off of something that we do because he already knew we were going to do it. And he's already saved us in our sin in the midst of that. Um, so there's nothing that's going to keep us from him. You know, even that, smaller mentality of like, oh, I haven't prayed in a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a couple of months. How can I go to him now? Like, it doesn't matter. He's our father. It's, it's the basis of the relationship you have with someone determines how you see them. So the fact that he's our father, he sees us as his children and doesn't care how long it's been, doesn't care what we've done. Uh, the second, one of the second points Matt wasted was this idea of like, we, we're wasting our time. Um, and that could come from like past disappointments or, you know, where you didn't see God fulfill something the way you thought you wanted him to, or, um, yeah, but again, it's it's falling into that trap of ignoring who he is and his authority. Uh, and then a third thing was even just like, you know, more important things to do. But again, it's ignoring the fact of who God is and, and what his role is in surrendering to his authority on that. So the last thing that I wanted to kind of focus on for this part of the conversation is let's get practical with it. So what can we do about struggles in prayer life? Like the things that are harder for us to surrender or the things that it's harder to just trust that he's going to be faithful. I wanted to do more of like an open brainstorm of what are some practical suggestions? What are some practical steps? What are some things you've done in the past that you've seen success with or you've seen God move powerfully through them? I know it's always good for me to when I, uh, and I'm not very good at this, so this is advice for myself, um, but just to, um, I'm not sure if the journal is the right word, but just write my pr write prayers out or at least write something that I'm praying for. And then 
being able to see how God has answered those things and keeping tally is not really the right word either, but just keeping record of those things, just to be able to see things that I've prayed for and how God has answered them in the past, I think just helps me again, to be reminded of God's faithfulness in different areas. Um, but yeah, just that idea of, um, yeah, being able to see how God has, has answered prayers in the, in the past has given me encouragement to, uh, to continue forward. Absolutely. And that gives you kind of that, that measuring stick to be able to look back to and fall back to of, Oh, I've mm -hmm. seen him be faithful in this specific instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God wants us to just be in constant communication with him in different ways throughout the day. Like he doesn't necessarily just want us to pray in a single specific type of way. Um, and we're going to, we're going to look at that over the next few weeks to come. Um, but I like that. That's, I mean, he calls us in his word to pray without ceasing. And that can mean, having that set like deep time of just communing with him. It can be the in the moment snap call prayers where you just, you know, are crying out to him in desperation for whatever stressful situation your day has thrown at you. Um, or it can be, you know, like it, it looks like, like I think of it when I was wrestling through this, I thought of it as like that relational piece. And I think we mentioned it in one of the other weeks, like if I didn't go to my spouse and approach that as a relationship, like how one-sided that would be, and how unrealistic that would be. And it's the same as same idea with God. Like he wants us to be in communication and relationship with him. And I see prayer as that time of like being able to talk to him, but hopefully also listen. And I, I don't see it as like separated from God's word. I see those two as very much interconnected pieces to each other. And we talked in the past about like reading his word, meditating on his word. And I feel like the natural response is that leads us into prayer over what we've been reading about and prayer for you know, what, what, what God's speaking to through that. And I don't see these as like separated topics. I see that very much as an interconnected piece where a lot of times just spending time in God's word will lead you into a place of wanting to communicate and pray with him more. And it's not necessarily just the, you know, the cosmic vending machine, like I'm asking for this and I want this and I want that, like the, that stereotype or caricature. It's very much like a two-way conversation, even though we don't necessarily audibly hear God all the time or anything like that. Well, thank you guys for sharing your thoughts on that question. And over the next, like I mentioned, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at what are what are some different ways to pray. And we're going to talk like in the moment prayers or whether it's the, you know, like having a space carved out and a time carved out. Um, but just the encouragement as we, we kind of wrap up this initial discussion on it is just have it be that conversational piece. Like it doesn't have to be always just a very set rigid structure. It can be that in the moment prayer. Um, but there's also the importance too, like having that kind of designated time where, you know, I only went to Elizabeth, like in the moments of stress throughout the day, like that's a very healthy relationship kind of thing there, you know, but um, yeah. So over the course of this next week, we are going to move ahead with the next section in um, Colossians, but we also wanted to add one other piece to the homework for it. And I wanted to kind of show that here and then we'll spell it out in the email that we send out tonight um but we have a few verses from new testament just early church prayer and what we want to do and i'll send this out in the email you can use whatever translation you want but we want to kind of take a moment to analyze these verses and that says printed out that's on the printout version um, but look for any trends or themes so commonalities between those is trends or themes, and that could be in the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, um, but what are some common things, 
specifically about prayer that we see taking place in these verses. Now, like I said, I'll send that out in the email, so don't feel like you have to write that down now. Um, but that'll be in addition to Colossians for this next week. So that's where we'll kind of wrap up for tonight. Um, and we'll be diving into some more time of prayer in the weeks to come, um, specifically looking at just different ways again. Um, but thank you guys for tonight. Uh, let me kind of close this in prayer, and then we'll wrap up for the evening here. God, thanks again for just providing. And thank you for these conversations. Thank you for these discussions. And we just look forward to what you have as we spend the next few weeks focusing on what it means to pray, what it means to talk with you, and what it means to just be in relationship with you. And Lord, as we head back into the busyness of whatever, you know, summer has and whatever work schedules have and whatever that looks like with our families, we just pray that you would help us to find ways to just be with you daily whether that's in our prayer time, whether that's time in the word, Lord, we just, yeah, we want to, we want to focus on habits that help us to pursue you in a way that we find joy in it, that it's not a, a checklist and it's not checking off boxes, but instead it would be a life giving experience of just having that time of relationship with you. And Lord, as we kind of close out our time tonight, I'm just so thankful for the way that you've allowed us to stay connected in this way. Uh, we just think of the Lutzes and pray for them right now as they're on their beach adventure or trip or vacation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just uh, that you'd be, yeah, giving them that chance to refresh as a family. And we we just look forward to what you have as we uh, continue into this next week. And pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.